So now we can badmouth Carl since he's not even editing. He won't even ever hear this. <laughs> That's crazy. He won't even know. <laughs> he won't even know. Won't even know. <laughs> Unless Danny just like Danny's like you drops know what? the raw. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, you know, y'all been pissing me off lately. Y'all don't organize side. Here you go. I don't even say thank you when I do this. You know what? I would just air everybody's business out. We can air it out. They open up a little small tracking dam. We'll call it Dixie Speedway. And uh, they want to get some black drivers. And uh, they thought they didn't know who to approach so they went to the police department to find out what black guys had speeding records thing like that so they told them they want somebody to drive a race car to see me so that's how i started racing. as matt told us earlier trying to become the first african-american driver since willie t ribs and join randy bethea and the great wendell scott he did every i mean he, he drove the car exactly what he did exactly what the car wanted him to do. He got out early. It was it looked like a little tight, but he kept in the throttle and he got a good lap. And wow, way to go! Bill. There you go. Batman Tony Schumacher wins. He is the champion for an eighth time. But Antron Brown, if Tony Schumacher loses, becomes the first African American to win an NHRA title. 7th world title. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Victory Lane Vibes. We are your hostesses with the mostesses. It's me, it's Jared. We have Arthur, we have Danny, and we have a first-time guest to the Vibes. Little do y'all know, he was actually a, a pillar and then our namesake, and then lots of other things. But um, we have Phil and Espanol, NASCAR Twitter's uncle, great uncle, step uncle, step the goat, uncle. the grunkle, the grunkle Phil is here, the drunk uncle. No, never mind. <laughs> See, live and direct. We have Phil. Um, you know, as tradition goes, Phil, since you're a guest here for the first time, explain yourself. Tell us a little about yourself. Oh, wow. When did you start? When did you get in NASCAR? Who was your favorite driver? You know, when you first got here, give us the rundown. All right. Well, uh, let's see. I've been a NASCAR fan about 27 years. I think next year will be, yeah, next year will be year 27. Uh, uh, my first favorite driver was Jeff Gordon. Uh, 
I think I got into NASCAR mostly through like Hot Wheels cars or, you know, uh, basically just little kid stuff. And my parents kind of were happy that I was able to get into something. You know, I tried playing basketball and things and, and other sports, but uh, really the only thing I really enjoyed like watching or doing competitively was racing. So, you know, I would say I raced go-karts a lot, but it was more of those little, you know, go-karts that had, uh, you know, like the 50cc engines in the back or whatnot. Nothing competitively where, you know, I, I could have been a NASCAR driver, but I knew when I was maybe about 10 or 11 years old that I wanted to have some form of job within motorsports. Uh, and through my teenage years and all the way till currently, you know, that idea had always changed. You know, I used to be, want to be like a pit crew member. And then when I got to college, it was, oh, well, maybe I can do motorsports journalism. Uh, and then as social media has developed, you know, uh, getting into doing social media for uh, Front Stretch and, you know, other little NASCAR things here and there, uh, kind of got me to this point so that's awesome it's always good and I, I enjoy hearing um how people got to nascar because you know as we've talked about a million times you're black what do you mean you like nascar right well, yeah. all, they, well all they do is go in circles well, no yeah. not, not really that's that don't do that it's that's not how this works exactly yeah and i mean that was a thing when i was growing up like there were only maybe I, I'll say in when I was in high school, there was maybe one other kid that liked NASCAR and that kid, that was actually a, a white kid. Now all my other black friends, they'd be like, Oh, why aren't you in the basketball? Why aren't you, you know, uh, concentrating on football? And I played football in high school. Uh, but even at that, I knew I had no options of, you know, uh, doing anything past that. But, you know, just it was just something that I got into when I was a little kid, and you know, I just never let it go. So that's that was, you know, I, I have a lot of black people that still do ask me, you know, what do you see? And all they do is turn left, or you know, uh, you know, and then they always ask that dumb question of, do they pee in the race car? And it's like, why don't you come to a race, find out, uh, you know, get all these answers to your questions. And I'll say, you know, in the few years, you know, Bubba's been in Cup, which it doesn't feel like it's been almost eight years, almost. But, uh, you know, I hear more people like, oh, it looks lit at a NASCAR race. And it's like, oh, didn't you, like, almost threaten to kick my ass in high school? <laughs> because i like this so it's uh it, it's always i'm always curious too when i meet other you know black people that like motorsports and i think that's why the you know our group gets you know are you know as close as we are because we're a rare you know a rare group but we all found each other and we found each other organically. So that that's one of the things that I'm happy about too. Organically slash through Bonte. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Bonte, I, I'll say, and he's not here to defend himself. 
So good. I'm not gonna say good. anything bad about him, but you know, Vontae. Uh, I remember when he first started following me, and getting to know him. You know, I've met him through one of the little DoorDash Bubba chats that they had, maybe what three or four years ago, and uh, you know we just kind of became friends through that. And then we had another group chat prior to, you know, when the black group chat got together, uh, you know, I, I don't, that's what we'll call it. The black group chat, the black racing group chat. Yes. Trademark. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, TV friendly version. TV yeah. friendly. That, that is the best way of putting it. Um, but when he invited me to that and then just getting to know y'all, that was, you know, Bonte brings, I will say for every other little fault that he may have sometimes, Bonte is good at getting people together to, you know, make something happen or, you know, get together on like uh, trying to, you know, vote Bubba into something. He's good at, you know, he he's good at getting people together, but also good at you know moving the needle when you need somebody to say something. So, man, yep. I, I hope you're <laughs> blushing at this, Bonte. You're getting a lot of praise right now. That's you the, definitely don't a, deserve it, but you're getting a lot of praise. That's the, that's the nicest we've talked about Bonte on this show this whole so. year. Yeah, don't I worry. Do. I mean, if y'all need me to, you know, and post, you know, I I can. Say some other messed up stuff. <laughs> you that know, would be more think... work for me, but that would be fun. I might take <laughs> you up on that. You know, I think it's kind of funny uh, and interesting. You said that you, you know, you've got a, a 27 year fandom that started off of, you know, the the Hot Wheels or the tiny, you know, the 164 cars. And so, like Lionel, if you're listening, man, you gotta gotta get in the stores. You know, gotta get in the grocery store. Gotta get in the Target. I went to Target the other day. They only had like three cars and they were like back behind something else. I'm like, a kid would never find this. Like I'm a grown six foot tall man. I can't find this. A kid who's like four foot is never going to find this. And I think that just kind of speaks to how like easy it can be for like a passion to get sparked at a young age through something like a toy die cast. Um, And we've talked off air uh, with Phil about like the importance of merchandising and stuff like the die cast and it's just i think that's just another great example of you know that die cast probably cost what 40 cents to make how much money has nascar gotten out of phil in the 27 years since that, that roi on that it's got to be insane so <laughs> i just find that really interesting yeah and and like you say we've talked about it you know internally just the offerings aren't as good as when we were kids. You know, like when I was a little kid, I remember we had little cars. Uh, they were like, it would be for like the most random shit too. Like it would be like you could buy some uh, shampoo. And if the sponsor was in NASCAR, they included a little car. And it's like, why is this attached to a shampoo bottle? Oh, I don't care. I'll give it to my child. And then through that, you build and you, you know, you see what they like. And, you know, for me, my, my favorite thing was going to Toys R Us and maybe finding a 164 somewhere or a, 
you know, one of the bigger 124s, the racing champions ones, you know, uh, picking one of those out, but they would have almost every driver available. Now, you know, as we see, you know, everything with Lionel, and it seems like, you know, the only things that are getting produced are Hendrick cars or, you know, the, uh, the older, you know, the older race twins that they're coming out with, which are somewhat not historically correct, but you know, that, that is what it is, but it's all about kind of exposing racing to, you know, kids, the, you know, younger kids and stuff, you know, it, they continually say, oh, we want to get that, you know, we want to get kids when they're young to fall in love with the sport. But, you know, when the NFL has a jersey for everybody or you can customize a jersey for everybody, uh, same with baseball and basketball, whereas NASCAR, only the top guys are getting, you know, merch or uh, things made for them. Uh, you know, how's that supposed to feel to some kid that maybe likes, you know, a backmarker driver that, you know, back in the day, you know, everybody got a T-shirt and now it's, you know, just slim pickings or you better hope that the design is good or a driver sells stuff on their own instead of waiting on a team because NASCAR is not going to do it. And it's infuriating, but, you know, I guess that's the price of business today. Which is trifling. NASCAR, once again, if you're listening, listen to the people. We can fix it. We can fix it. Well, then, with that, let's dive in, shall we? Um, Just because it's on the front of my mind. Faction 46 came out of nowhere reasonably. It was a, a great profile picture on Twitter saying NASCAR's newest truck team. I know all of us were bewildered as to, well, what do you mean? Who are you? Where'd you come from? Where's the money? Um, come to find out, it's uh, apparently Richard Petty's new um, project. And um, grandson, is that his grandson? Dad Moffitt is going to be driving the 46 truck next year um, for Faction 46. Didn't have this on my 2023 NASCAR Truck Series bingo calendar, but... Um, I guess it makes sense with the bowing out of GMS that there would be another Chevrolet team or a few <laughs> to uh, take those spots. What y'all think of the new truck team? I'm curious. Um, you know, we've certainly spilled, you know, I say spilled a lot of ink, perhaps that ex- ex- uh, expended lots of carbon dioxide, given that this is a vocal format. Um, certainly, um, <clears throat> the quality of racing and driving uh, in the truck series at large. So, you know, while I do, certainly don't expect one singular team to turn that around immediately, I think it's a uh, it's a curious uh, installation. I'm certainly I'm interested to see uh, how it goes. You know, now part of that is you know with uh, Moffat being uh, Petty's grandson, the whole that uh, he will have to work very hard to beat the Nepo baby allegations, uh, and the very thought of that makes me almost violently ill. But um, it's, you know, we're talking, you know, way out, you know, pie in the sky predictions. It could be fine. It could end up being absolutely nothing. I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, I felt like this was a lot of hoopla very suddenly for a team. And, 
you know, to Jared's point in the intro, that there was not any kind of fanfare, I guess, leading up to it. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, this here, this this new team, it's a big thing. Uh, I'm excited that, you know, a petty will st- be racing in NASCAR still. You know, I think it's always really cool to have the names of like like a petty, like a Earnhardt still racing in the Cup Series or in the NASCAR Series. Um, but if I look at it, name aside, I feel like that doesn't necessarily spark a lot of enthusiasm in terms of on track. Um, I don't remember seeing him in any Cup Series races this year. I, am I wrong about that? I don't remember him racing in anything. I think the last time I saw him was 2022. I feel like he might have been in a truck for a few races. So I have very low expectations for a guy to come in. I don't think he's going to come in and set the world on fire, but it's it's a good experiment. And yeah, I, I think it could be a fantastic story or it could be a train wreck. You know, if you're if you're not that in that top 10 in a, the truck series, you're really fighting for your life, you know. Uh, so I don't want to I don't want to expect too much and then see this car be in a heap 20 times a season. I hope it's not that case, but um, I think it's cool. You know, it's really interesting to see. And like I said, hopefully they have some success, but it's just very out of the blue. I think that was the biggest thing for me. I was like, oh, this is this is really happening. It's getting a lot of fanfare uh, with no build up to it. Yeah, um, I believe that the last thing he's been racing, I know he made a few ARCA starts this year, and I know he's done some Trans Am racing as well. I think Trans Am too, but um, honestly, it it seemed when they announced that you know Richard Petty had a uh, you know a big. Uh, a big thing coming down the line, everybody's like, oh, does this mean he's moving away from Legacy and, you know, creating his own cup team again? Or, you know, what is it? And then you get the alert that, you know, it's something involving, like, uh, well, when they announced everything through, I guess, Eric Estep that day, uh when they announced everything and then it all started, you know, feeling like it was coming together, that it was that. And then to see that it was like, Oh, okay. So this is basically, you know, a, uh, just, and I don't even want to say a Nepo baby situation. Uh, but in a way it, it's given off the makings of that, like it's just kind of like they're like oh okay we can get money out of Richard for this and then you know we can uh, you know we'll use that for a year maybe it's you know to me it doesn't seem like it's a long term thing for for that whereas you know maybe it's a stop gap until next year when maybe there's a better crop of free agents or another kid from ARCA that's ready to step up that they can do that or you know because we know so little about what they're doing could it be you know down the road they plan on having two three four trucks like a door sport or someone uh you know a team like that and you know i guess the jury is still gonna be out and i guess we'll figure out once we get to daytona but like uh like art said you know you don't want to see that truck in the wall, 
you know, 25 out of how many races? I think, I don't even think they run 25 races, but whatever the number is, I think it's 24. But, you know, I don't want to keep repeatedly seeing that, you know, but hey, that's, that's their, uh, their choice to go with that. I hope the best for them, but, you know, from everything that I've seen in other series, uh, you know, I want to kind of temper my expectations for him and be pleasantly shocked if he does end up doing good. So one of my things that was pondering about the situation, it seems like they have the family colors, you know, and the logos and then everything. But it's interesting that they why wouldn't he call it RPM or why wouldn't he call it? Why wouldn't he name the team after Richard if it's Richard's money? Um, more seemingly so than Chevrolet's just because of everything that went down at Legacy. Why wouldn't you, to attract business partners, sponsors, you know, affiliates, why not just use the family name if everybody can read between the lines and see what, that's what it is? Yeah, I wonder if that's like, a, maybe there's like a trademark thing or something that like Legacy gained the rights to like the RPM name or something. I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm just thinking out loud. Like, there could be something that, even though they're not actually using it, like they have the exclusive rights, and so they had to go out and come up with this completely different name. And then they figured, well, they they can't own the colors, so that's the closest thing we can have to that brand identity um, is to go with those petty colors. So that could be it. I mean, I personally don't like that name. I think it sounds kind of terrible. But you know what? Hey, it's their money. If they're happy with it, then God bless. It honestly sounds like a, a, a wrestling group. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they do call them factions in wrestling, but it just, it just sounds like they tried to be edgy. It almost sounds like a chat GPT situation. Yes. <laughs> Where they were like, you know, chat GPT, we have the number 46. Uh, give us race team names, and I feel like that would have been that was one like right on top of the pile. But who knows? Yeah, to be fair, when um, <clears throat> when I initially heard you know the uh, announcement, you know the, all of the build up, I, my brain thought it was yet another uh, Cup Invitational car. I'm like, oh my god, who is it now? Was <laughs> actually my exact <laughs> thought. And then it turns out it's a truck. I'm like, oh. Well, that's uh, certainly, that is uh, the most name of all time. Certainly a choice, for sure. It's definitely a choice. Yeah, so that's uh, that was front of mind. I had to bring that to y'all. Um, and more exciting news, uh, Toyota did what they said they were going to do. And uh, we have a new Camry body for 2024. Um, I brought this up on Twitter. Toyota definitely redesigned that Camry for NASCAR. If you just see the nose and, you know, granted the, the Prius looks Prius is fire. Um, the crown, not so much, but you see the design elements and the new Camry, but truly I think they went full send on their new design language to help with uh, things like super speedway races. Um, I think I asked on the pod channel, what's the over under on the new body? I think, People did say over six and a half wins next year. Um, probably see nine, if not more, personally. Um, I love it. What do y'all think? Pros, cons, yay, nay. 
New cup card? Yeah, I mean, I see so much discord on Twitter about how it looks and uh, this or that and the nose and the headlights. Personally, I think it looks ugly as sin, but I don't care. Like, I just don't care as long as it's fast. Like, I, it could look like a brick with 90-degree corners. But if it can draft and it can go fast on a, on a racetrack, that's all I care about. So I'm going to try to hold out some judgment until I see the full fleet. Because uh, I've only seen the one uh, Camry that's in a full paint scheme. You know, they had sort of the show cars, but they haven't had a full paint scheme yet. So I'm going to hold off some judgment. But again, like, guys, as long as it wins, it can look real pretty. It can look real ugly in victory lane. And, like, I'm all for it. Um but I will be a little bit sad just because I personally really like the the now last gen Camry look. Um, I just felt like that looked like a really cool race car, which is selfishly all I want them to look like. I want them to look fast and look cool from my perspective. And so far, the new one doesn't scratch that itch for me. But again, if it's fast, who cares? I mean, I'm sure it's going to get cheated up a bunch anyway. So I, as long as it gets the job done, that's what's most important to me. Yeah, and I'll say I, I'm one of the people that I'll, I'll say that I like it. Uh, it reminds me so much of like the to me, and this is after I saw it with the uh, you know the uh, what was that the Advent Health Scheme for the forty three. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, when I saw that on it, I was like, oh, okay, I'm more sold on it. You know, I was one of the earlier defenders when you know the original photos started coming out and all you heard it was just basically like everybody started throwing tomatoes on twitter like they, they just were throwing tomatoes the entire time uh you know uh they were pissed off they were like oh they've ruined the front end of the car and then when they finally threw a real you know paint scheme on there it's just like oh okay all right this looks good and it like i say it reminds me somewhat of like i guess the late 90s i believe i don't i'm not sure if it's the celica or the uh supra but i remember it was like one that used to run in like imsa and stuff you know uh i think it was like the tom's castrol car i'm not sure if anybody else is familiar with that but the front end of it really reminded me of that and i was like okay this is almost like a throwback to you know uh the uh, original toyota racing but you know like you said you're um the uh the front end of it, it, it it's I, I think well it's not i, I'm, I don't even want to say jerry i'm sorry like you said art as long as the car <laughs> that's how you really feel <laughs> as long as the car uh you know runs up front gets this super speedway wins that car could be as ugly as a you know a, a salvaged out volvo <laughs> and i would sing its praises so i'm excited for it and i hope it brings toyota more success where it can break up that little Ford train that's at the front of every super speedway race. So. 
Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's fine. Um, I am probably one of the few people that are somewhat ambivalent uh, about this car. Truthfully, um, I like the outgoing car. Um, I like the outgoing car quite a bit, actually. And I'm not necessarily sure that this is, you know, an improvement per se. Um, but regardless, um, and, you know, and this is where, you know, the little part of my brain that spent a number of years working in, you know, OE capacities and developing parts kind of kicks in. If it's functional, then it doesn't matter, uh, truth be told. Um, and also to that in the fact that, uh, well, because nobody buys midsize sedans anymore, they basically dusted off the existing chassis from the outgoing car and slapped new front and rear end on it and called it a day. Uh, it's a heavy facelift more than it is an all, all new model and that can create some uh, awkward proportions if you're not careful. So, you know, as long as it's quick, it, it's fine. Um, it definitely looks better, not as the show car. Um, but I think anybody with even a lukewarm IQ uh, could have uh, figured that out that it was going to look better in actual paint scheme. Um, you know, I don't get me wrong. I kind of like the um, effectively factory liveries, the test liveries, but, but no, certainly stock cars at least always look better when the teams actually get to go to town on them. And this is, this is no different. Um, so I am more interested and I posted this on a Twitter, not too long after we saw the advent health car, as I would be curious to see what, uh, particularly what JGR and 2311 cooks up for uh, for these cars, because they do a very good job and lots of very fun, very pretty schemes. So I said, if anybody could make these cars look good, it would be them, 2311 particularly. So we'll see going forward, but I am much like, I think all of you, I am more interested in seeing if this can break up the pack of Fords that always seem to filter to the front at super speedways. Yeah, just as long as we don't have a Ream DeWalt double scheme for the 500 for Christopher Bell, I think everybody would be in agreement that the car is going to work. Sorry. No, go, go ahead. Give him a double <laughs> scheme. Give it to him because you know why? He can be double in the back schemes anyway. Don't, double, double schemes don't win. They don't win. Tell me one double scheme winner. I'll wait. I think you got one, big dog. Wait. Well, out there. Well, hold on. Would you consider, I guess, Stenhouse? But I don't know. Kroger and whatever snack that he Kroger wants to have on his car. <laughs> what was it? What, what what car won last year? Was it the Reese's car? Was no, it Reese's and Kroger? I don't think I'm it was Reese's. I think sure? it just might have been a regular Kroger car. Yeah, More than better. I'm looking it up now. It was uh, the Cottonelle and Kroger. Mm. See, I don't consider these double schemes, though. I f consider this one scheme with two sponsors. Because mm. you're not blending two paint uh, schemes together. Mm -hmm. so really mm. Or like Ty when he had the Monster and inter Interstate car. I don't remember yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah. Was it? Ty yeah. that, that paint scheme was fire. Because he had the the flat black for the Monster Energy, but he had all the green lightning for the Energy. It's like yeah. that was the weekend that everybody ran it, but his was different because that's his. He's just he's just tired. He just does what he wants. But yeah, yeah, so I mean, he can he can he can go ahead and run that double scheme thirty six weeks. I don't care. I'm fine <laughs> with that. Help my cause. 
It'll help my driver. See you never. Shots Catch you on the weekends when it's by itself. Yeah. Yeah, that's um now I still think just me personally. Ford cheated making the dark horse. Like the way that the angles are on the fenders, they they cheated. Um the Camry, as always, it's like it's angular, but it's more smooth. So I'm I'm interested to see. I'm really excited for Daytona. Um, I truly think this flat nose of being able to push everybody, but also being able to be in front for Toyota, um, it bodes well. Um, Denny, if you're listening, if you would like to employ somebody in the 67 for the 500 again this year, please do. Um, we need all the help we can get. Travis Rafana drove his butt off last year. Um, and we, we was this close. We, we was close, baby. So um, call him again. Call him, call him one more time. Get him in the car. I don't know who else would be in the 67 for a super speed rate race, but um, who else would Man. now since since I brought it up, who else would go in there besides Travis? Because Kurt can't still, right? He still can't. I, don't, I think he's still. I mean, well, unless something exchange. They haven't announced anything different from him. Kurt. They, go ahead and get uh, Lewis Hamilton up in there. That's fine by me. Oof. I know that's the ultimate, ultimate pipe, pipe, pipe dream. You saw the conversation. There were there were communications between him and Denny. I think the odds of of Lewis in the car are high, but the odds of Lewis in the car at Daytona to start are astronomically higher. Yeah, plate racing is tough. Plate racing is a a beast of its own that like nobody else really does. Not like NASCAR. Uh, Well, you look at Toyota's lineup next year. Eric Jones is back. John Hunter Nemechek's back. So, I mean, you got you have some valid pushers to wash away the trash of Martin Truex Jr. and, and Christopher Bell. So, if the OEM orders get fired, I think Legacy and 2311 can get their act together and just hitch Denny on and just go for it, personally. I mean, Ty's a decent weight race. I feel like Ty, we didn't give Ty enough credit last year, but he drove a really clean season last year. Obviously, he didn't have any competition because his competition liked the meme and Bottom side out for the rookie of the year uh voting, but um, you know, Ty still had a he still ran he still ran well last year. Good job, Ty. We knew you had it in you. We saw the speed when you were 2311. We knew you could do it. I like how this is just now the, the Ty gives praise hour. We love you, Ty. Even if you did bump in uh Eric Jones. On purpose that one time. <laughs> hey man, that that's strengthening his his case for me. That's helping the cause. What is uh what was Bubba call him? Tyrone what? Tyrell. Tyrell. <laughs> Definitely some deviant behavior going on, but uh hopefully Tyrell. we have a, a nice calm off season tie. Don't go snowboarding. And uh no extreme see- sports. No extreme sports. We'll see you in uh we'll see you in uh Los Angeles for the clash. You know um, um Rick told the HMS boys to park it this off season. Man. Oh yeah, he should have. On the couch. No, no extracurricular activities <laughs> allowed. He said he said you can walk from your bed to the simulator and back. That's all you get. <laughs> Why do you think Cal's trying to start a, a charter system for his his dirt racing series? Hendrick said, I, I, mm, don't you do it. <laughs> don't you do it. Sit at the computer. Yeah. You better not touch it. Edit. 
and wish it good luck. You leave it right there. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm just not gonna talk about Kyle Larson on computers. So. <laughs> and neither should he. <laughs> uh, that makes two of them. Oh man. Um, speaking, we're gonna go down the road of worst kept secrets. Um, AJ going back to Xfinity was we all predicted it. Um, when he was in, he was boohoo crying when he won the Roval. Um, I was like, mm, the jig is up. I think he's tired of this, Grandpa. And uh, Ollie agreed. He's like, yeah, let's send him back to his his, his playground. So AJ's going to be back destroying the competition and uh, and expanding next year. Um, getting called up. He's coming back to Cup. I was kind of shocked by that. Were y'all? I was. I was. Really surprised that he 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 got the the keys back. Well, about AJ, I, I think I realized like earlier in the season when they would play like some of his audio during the races, and you could hear in his you know just like in his demeanor that it didn't seem like this was exactly what he wanted to be doing, like racing on Sundays. And especially with how their runs, I would say, in the early part of the season went. You know, he wasn't really a factor on many of the road courses, I think, up until, what, like Watkins Glen. Uh, But it just seemed like he felt like he he was burdened. Like, you know, just like he had to pull up for both cars because if you think about it Haley really didn't run well uh but a handful of races and then once I'll say like once Haley signed that deal with RFK that was almost like he fell off the face of the earth a bit uh you know except for a few you know uh, uh a few chances late in the season you know on like plate tracks or other places where it seemed like they might have had a notebook worth of uh, information on for him. But for AJ, I think the stress of everything that went on, you know, with uh, his wife's pregnancy and now actively being a father, I think he kind of now sees, you know, oh, okay, well, maybe I should somewhat cut back or maybe I should make it where I'm available maybe a extra day out of the week, you know, and I think that full-time grind and like, you'll even hear people, industry people even say it, you know, that full-time grind of the cup series is, you know, it's no joke and he's done it, you know, for over 10 years, you know, even when he had his trouble at uh, Penske and everything, you know, he still has known that 36 race or 36 to 38 race schedule. Uh, and I think he's just tired. But he also knows down in Xfinity, that seems where colleague is more comfortable. You know, and I mean, that's understandable as well because they've been around longer there. And, you know, I think he feels like he can still be competitive there. He can you know, dominate all different types of racetracks instead of just everybody looking at us on road courses and saying, 
oh, you know, okay, it's, we know the dinger will be up here for this. Uh, but when you get to, uh, you know, a Michigan or uh, a plate race, you know, they may be non-existent. So I think it's a good move for him, and it's a good move for the organization. I'm happy for Daniel Hemrick. You know, he's – I want to say he's competitive, and he's competitive. He was competitive in Xfinity. You know, a few things uh, got in the way, really, of – uh, having a lot of success, but uh, at this point, I think he kind of is in a way aged out of Xfinity where he can, uh, where you know, you want to say, Oh, give me more than just a season of this person in Cup. I want to see what he can do now that he's had that, you know, situation of, Okay, you've been demoted, uh, but now you've earned your chance to come back and. You know, I think the sky's the limit, but we also don't know who the uh, teammates going to be over there. So we will see. And I think colleague needs to get ready to kind of answer up on that. Danny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm certainly at this point in AJ's career, I'm not super surprised by this i know a lot of people were kind of you know bewildered after the uh win at the rover like well why on earth would you do that you know given the way aj is very embedded in colleague i <clears throat> i feel like this is definitely this was more his um decision yes to step away especially being a dad now you know priorities shift and change when you become a parent and you know, definitely the additional day, the additional time. I feel like that was probably very important to him. Um, and, you know, just not being in the car as much to let him focus on just some other stuff. Um, but, yeah, no, definitely after the, uh, after he won at the Roval and, you know, I mean, you know, dude is, you know, bawling like a baby. I'm like, oh, goodness gracious. I'm like, he's not going to be back, is he? <laughs> that felt like, um, you know, that you know, kids is what we call foreshadowing. And indeed it was. Um, you know, as for uh, Hemrick, I was actually kind of surprised to see him uh, get the call up because like uh, Philip mentioned, uh, you know, he had effectively been demoted once already. And I was like, okay, well, is this the way to do this? I mean, clearly Colic says yes. Uh, I'm not convinced personally, but Hey, I've you know been wrong before, so I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I agree with everyone else. I think AJ, it's it's time to pack it in from a Cup Series perspective, and you know he's done a lot in the Cup Series, and he's gotten several wins. It's so he's got nothing to be ashamed of. You know, he's had a, a very respectable career uh, at the highest level in stock car racing, and. You know, not everyone is going to be, you know, a Kevin Harvick or a Jimmy Johnson and win, you know, a bunch of races or a bunch of titles. But that doesn't mean you weren't talented and you can't say that you were able to go out there and get wins and you weren't backdooring your way into them. Um, so from that perspective, I totally support that decision. And uh, I think he's shown his mastery of that Xfinity car. And so I expect him to be a threat more weeks than not at that level 
in terms of Hemrick, it doesn't really excite me that much. He seems like a guy that can go in there and probably take care of the equipment and bring the car home somewhere between 15th and 25th. Um, I don't expect him to be able to go out there and get a win uh, at like a specialty track like AJ has done at the road courses the last couple of years at the cup level. So it's one of those moves where I get it. It I'm not going to say it's a safe pick, but it's not a pick that excites me. Um, but for that team, that might be what they need right now with AJ leaving that seat is just to have some stability, have someone who you can rely on to take care of the equipment uh, and maybe grow into the, that seat and become a threat maybe in a year or two down the line. But I don't expect them to to be in the hunt for a lot of trophies, not a lot of trophy hunting out of them for the foreseeable future. I mean, this, when he four went qualifying, was that the Richmond race when we went together, Art? When he was like, no, I'm not qualifying. I'm going trophy hunting. Yeah, yeah. And then he finished like 15th. Yeah. yeah. Didn't he like, didn't his engine like blow? I think, or he was having trouble with the uh, transmission. He had some yeah. kind of issue. It's still uh, trophy hunting. Well, and then had to start 38th. And. <laughs> That didn't work out well on a track you couldn't pass. So, well, unfortunately, that's most of the tracks nowadays. Oh, look at the scratches. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the proof was in the pudding. But uh, congratulations to AJ going going back down. That have some peace and quiet. I'm interested to see Daniel coming up. Excited to see what sponsors. I don't know if Poppy's coming with him or not, but I'm interested to see how all that plays out because NASCAR is not dead. We bring new money to the sport. Anywho, um, I had a thought about where I was going with that. I forgot. Man, that'll come back to me. Anywho, oh, speaking of not being able to pass, we tested a new gearbox in Phoenix, where we saw that Advent Health Beauty. Um, we going four speed racing, apparently. They had a new uh splitter, allegedly. Um, I still don't have more power though, so we're fixing the wrong things. Four speed to eliminate shifting on short tracks. Think that'll help some. That's probably a step in the right direction. Need about 120 more horsepower though, NASCAR. If you wanna you wanna get this uh this train moving, let the boys play. And let them get some wheel spin on the, this corner entry and exits. I want to see them back the corners up again when a car too tight and you know make this thing work. Um, but apparently there was some positivity coming out of testing in Phoenix. What are y'all's thoughts on the potential changes? I have lots of uh, thoughts and feelings, and let's go. Very few of them are positive. Um, okay, where do we begin? So, first of all, more power. Um, you know, the whole thing, you know, if, if I remember correctly, um, and, you know, one of you can feel free to fill in the gap, but if I remember correctly, the whole idea of, you know, backing off power was, you know, of course, more reliable. You're not rebuilding the engines as much. The whole point was that it's cost effective and was to lure more manufacturers. Well, that's not worked now, has it? No. It's, it's been how long? And if anything, we've actually lost a manufacturer given that Dodge buggered off you know, 13 years ago, whenever that was. So I was like, okay, 
So clearly that's not working. So, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, we need to, you know, be at, you know, short tracks and these cars need to make a thousand horsepower. That's not what I'm saying at all. But definitely, yeah, although it actually would be kind of fun the more I think about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, certainly more power, more better. Um, and pragmatically, I certainly understand why moving back to four speeds, um, you know, again, on the short tracks, why that would be a good idea, help eliminate shifting and so on and so forth. Now, well, as you well, you'll tell in a second, I've been um, working uh, chicanery and there ergo sports car racing pretty hard because my brain hears four speed gearbox in a race car in 2023 and goes, absolutely not. This is why are we? No, this is not that meme where it's like, go back. No, we do not need to go back. <laughs> Actually. If anything, I still wish they had to give them that car a six-speed gearbox to begin with. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, again, pragmatically, I understand why you would want to move to four speeds, but the, you know, NASCAR is, you know, a swamp sport part of my brain goes, let's not regress, please. Um, but then, you know, other little aero tweaks like splitters and what have you, you know, again, the cleanup, because, you know, it's it's funny we're dealing with the same thing that a lot of other categories have been dealing with a while, you know, outwash, dirty air and what have you. So to help reduce that a little bit, I think <clears throat> certainly wouldn't hurt. But, you know, like you had said, um, you know, there are lots of little cumulative changes. And it's not to say that they are bad necessarily. But NASCAR is being exceptionally stubborn with the horsepower of it, and I don't understand it. It's like the whole raison d'etre for knocking back the power hasn't worked. Nobody has joined. No new manufacturers have joined. So why are we still chasing these pastures? Now, I mean, granted, you know, it is distinctly possible that they know something I don't, and maybe we're on the heels of, you know, I don't know, you know, what were the two uh, common rumors, Honda and Volkswagen, joining NASCAR? You know, maybe we're, we're finally going to get that or something. I don't know. But given how long it's been with no interest from other manufacturers, that's just stupid. Like, more power in yesterday, please. Yeah. Um, it, it, the horsepower thing, they need to give up the ghost on as far as saying... I don't think it's the answer because it is the answer at this point. Like, you know, we've been hearing ever since they took horsepower back. And like we've said, you know, that, oh, we're doing this for another OEM. That OEM isn't coming. You know, we like, you know, like we just said, uh, Honda or Volkswagen, you know, they've shown interest. But it's nothing more to me, it seems seems like than just a cursory glance to say, oh, we have cars in this sport. But it doesn't feel like it's anything substantial. And it's just to the point where, you know, where I'm not, where I used to be the person telling somebody, no, they're not putting 900 horsepower back in the cars. Just, you know, go sit down somewhere. It's not happening again. Uh, To where it's like, well, okay, what we have now isn't working, but we need to find some sort of common ground. But my hope, with everything that they learned last week, put that in a notebook. You know, 
if you want to use the same drivers at another test, or if you want to get another set of drivers to see if they feel that same way, you know, continue to build on it. Don't just take these notes and say, hmm, okay, well, we'll consider these things. But if you have the champion of your sport at that test and saying, oh, okay, well, this setup with this splitter or, you know, this, you know, gear choice, uh, this worked out. I like that. You know, I think we had fun doing that. Don't just sit on that. Go ahead and say, oh, okay, uh, let's see if we can get, you know, say, uh, uh, a uh, recently retired driver, like if you have Harvick, go and test out that package and say, oh, okay, yeah, I see what he's talking about on that. You know, that will work. And having a veteran like that and your champion come forward and say that, you know, you'll have more drivers that will be on board to those changes. But it all comes down to NASCAR just losing that, stubborn kind of old-fashioned way of doing things at this point because the the product while it's it's good it can be better and i think you know you'll you'll get a lot more a lot less of these people that are uh chirping up and saying oh i used to watch it you know when they went uh you know 800 900 horsepower you know and now i can't watch it because it's boring or something like that you'll bring a few of those people back but you'll also get new eyes on it but that said as well too you know we can't and i'm not even sure if you guys have talked about it on the show but you know we can't look past everything that nascar is getting ready to do you know with you know ev and all of that so you know it's okay to have that want and need for horsepower uh, out of your cup cars while also still saying, oh, well, we want to concentrate on an electric future. You know, so it, it I, I just hope with all of the things that they've learned between this next-gen car and stuff of the future, that they just go ahead and adapt, adopt it and, you know, I feel like it'll be a good thing for everybody, fans, the you know, the fan experience and, you know, driver uh, happiness as well. You know, my my partners on this episode have put really thoughtful, eloquent, well put together arguments. And so I'm just going to keep mine very short. And to quote a, a wise man, Horsepower, horsepower. I got all this polo on. I got horsepower. I don't care about none of that test. I don't need it. Don't talk to me about a splitter. Don't talk to me about the gear. Just give me some engine and let these boys and girls cook. Like, I don't care about none of that. And I don't know why you continue to try and lie to me as a fan and tell me that this splitter is suddenly going to fix this car. It's not. It might make it a little bit better, but you know what make it a lot better? Give them a thousand HP every weekend. That'd make it a lot better. So whatever. Hey, if they went out there and, and rolled around in the desert and had a good time, God bless them. Good for them. But I I don't care at all about this. I'm I I don't understand this level of stubbornness. I've never seen 
I've never seen a league try to gaslight its fans like NASCAR has done with this this issue. And until they admit their fault and just fix it, I just I don't have any thoughts for them other than come on, guys. Like, what are we doing here? You know, oh, we're we're gonna go back and change the gear box now, the gear ratio now. So, I this that begs my bigger question. So, what part of this car are we keeping? Because I was told for two years this car is gonna be amazing, and now we barely what two seasons in, and we have to change the whole thing, and it's trash everywhere except intermediates. So, whatever. I just I'm I I rage about this car like every other week now at this point, and I'm I'm trying not to become that person. I'm trying not to make that become a bit where I just fuss about this car, but like, whatever, dude play whatever splitter you want but just give me some some engine in the car please like these are race car drivers these are the most talented people in the world at what they do they shouldn't have to completely rely on air games and dirty air and bubbles and trying to burst the bubble like give them off throttle time like that shows a driver's talent not how well they can play the dirty air game um so We'll see. I just, I hate this car so much. I, if this car, it's almost Christmas. I wouldn't even give this car coal if it was a person. They'd just get nothing. I'd send them an envelope and it'd be empty if this car was a person. I'll be honest with you. That's how much I just dislike it. So moving on, Jared, take us away before I get you. No, hold on that. I'm going to bring it back. So we've gone from having like mechanics and engine builders to having engineers for this vehicle. Y'all ain't smart enough to know if you put more mechanical grip in the car, you need more horsepower to offset it. And to, to take that a step further, they designed this vehicle to have a hybrid powertrain. Okay, give me my battery pack and give me my power. I don't care if you push to pass it or you gotta press a button on your helmet or you got to vote online to see which car gets the, the juice to pay, make the push to pass. You, it's something. If, if we did all of this to help make it faster, the time is now. If we're in, if two OEMs have taken the money and spent it to change the body on the car two years into it, clearly they know that it's broken. They're trying to their best to fix it. NASCAR, please. Billion dollar companies and million dollar or some even billion dollar race teams have the money to spend to make their cars win races and make their product faster. Just do it. You sign the big TV deal. You know what you should do? Take $7 million to give it to each team each year, and that'll pay for the engine blowing up. If you say eight fifty, there's going to be some marginal reliability issues. Give them the money to help buy a new motor. Here you go, $7 million. Thank you for being a part of our charter system. Here's our, our thanks to you, and, and let's get this show on the road. Because NHRA, I don't no problem. Funny cars making 10,000 horsepower. They don't care about the environment. Yes, they use green fuel, but it's 10,000 horsepower every Sunday. Quarter mile, let's do it. Let's go. This is NASCAR. This is America's sport. Help. Help me. Like Kevin Hart said, help me. Help. Help me. Help me. Look, Denny said, oh, we're out here racing Ferraris. There are a lot of my Ferraris with more than 670 horsepower. I can go buy off a lot. So where's all this money going? Huh? Like, the car's slow. The Hellcat is 87000 American dollars if you find one without dealer markup. And that's got 800 NASCAR, what are we doing? Invite Dodge back. 
bring Dodge back. I bet you if Dodge come back, they put the Hellcat in the, in the NASCAR race car, then we ain't gonna have no issues then. Oh my god, shut up. I've heard enough <laughs> of this bring Dodge back garbage the last couple of weeks. Dodge, Be quiet, Jerry. I just want y'all to bring Dodge back. Bring the Mopar. <laughs> I just I just want to know, you know, like I said, we're they're supposed to be the best in the world. And I could go to any city in America and go buy a car with more horsepower with it. Like, come on. Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, do you, do you hear yourselves? We like what we're seeing, and you like it, too. <laughs> like, like, no, you will not. And Certain I mean, individuals. Yeah, truth be told, there's something to be said for the fact that perhaps mere mortals should not, if provided they have a large enough bank balance, be able to go and buy 1,000-horsepower cars. Uh, given the rate in which they are regularly wadded up. But I think that's a broader societal conversation that we need to have. I mean, for I'm looking right now, like I, I just Googled it. For $100,000, I could go buy a car with as much or more horsepower like mm-hmm. than a cup car. Like it's not, it's, don't get me wrong, because I, I ain't in that tax bracket to where that's no money. That's a lot of money. But like that is a feasible amount of money someone could earn in their lifetime and go buy. Like that's not absurd. So if Denny's saying like you know we're spending what three hundred thousand dollars a week on these cars, like what are we what are we spending on guys? Like you got if the gear ratio ain't worth the damn and the engine ain't worth the damn and it's not as safe as it was, what, what do we do it? Like you move my numbers. Like don't get me on on that horse again. Like. Well, <laughs> Who's winning here? Like someone's it, someone's getting paid for this and and making out like a bandit, and I don't know who it is, but it's not the right people. And honestly, my thing too is like it is almost January. You know, we we shouldn't be deciding in January what we are doing for the following month. This stuff should have been decided, tested, all of that back in the summer or early in the fall it should not have been a test two weeks after or two or three weeks after the season is over to say oh well let's see we we're planning on keeping what we had last year unless you find something you like here and it's just like if you've heard the drivers complain for several races about you know, uh, how it drives or, you know, even when we listen to Bubba on the radio, when he talks about, you know, the car, when you uh, are, you know, and that may just be a 2311 setup thing, but, you know, when you're trying to turn it in the corner and the car wants to keep going straight, you know, when, when you are hearing things like this, uh you know, it's just like it doesn't sound like anyone's having fun with this three hundred thousand dollar a week car. And you know, let's not even get into you know all of the issues they've had uh, with injuries and stuff because of the car. But it, it just it defies logic to me that NASCAR decided, hmm, we're not gonna decide on what we want to do for the following season until there's like six weeks left of an off season, you know? Cause I mean, what, where are these drivers? I mean, simulator time only does, but so much, 
And that's why I would say that I'm frustrated still that they took away testing. I understood, you know, some teams, they'll do, you know, track attack or stuff like that for road courses. But it's just like at this point with how little they know about the car and how little practice time that they get, this isn't a situation where they can just be like, oh, okay, well, our regulations are going to change six weeks before because that's you know you gotta rush through simulator time and uh you know hope that and especially now with daytona we're not having any form of practice you know other than racing in the duels you know you, you gotta hope that everything if they decide to go back to four speeds that you know everything is what it's going to be or, you know, make sure that everybody's had simulator time. So I don't know, but it's just, is it, it's a confusing time, honestly, as a fan, but, you know, also being on the inside and seeing what we all see. I mean, can you imagine if the NBA was like, Hey, it's August. We might raise the rim a couple inches. Y'all come shoot around and let's see if we like it or not. Can you imagine how that would go? Like we're gonna change the game time from forty-eight minutes to an hour. You know, mm. we might we might make the basketball just a couple millimeters bigger. Which is let's just try it out. Maybe we might do it, but we might not. But also, only like four of y'all can come shoot around with it. The rest of y'all just talk to your teammates. Like <laughs> that's right. We're playing four on four basketball. Institute and- Elam ending or something. Right. And oh, by the way, the season starts in a month and we may use these rules, but we may not use these rules. So we'll just let you know whatever we decide. Like, by the way, Globetrotter rules are in effect. <laughs> like, isn't that how the end season tournament came about anyway? Never mind. This is a NASCAR podcast. <laughs> My bad. Um, yeah, that's thank you all for helping me with that. Appreciate that. Um, in other news. Jimmy Johnson has left the door open for him to run some more than he did uh, last season. Uh, looks like he wants to try out his investment in Toyota and uh, get behind the wheel of that 84 a couple more times. Um, personally, I am for this. Um, hopefully, Jimmy gets in the car for Daytona again um, so we can have some help. Denny Hamlin, Michael Jordan, Steve Phelps enlist some as well for the 67 car. 10 Camrys, please. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see Jimmy um, wanting to get get busy. I like it. Do we agree? Disagree? Oh, Should he okay. stick to running? <laughs> no, I think it's, it's cool that he's back. It's going to be so weird to see him in a Toyota, though. Oh, my goodness. That breaks my brain a little bit, actually. Um, but It'll be cool to see him drive the car. Um, hopefully his uh, run of races this season is more successful than last year because uh, that didn't go particularly well. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm about it. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, uh, sorry, I was going to say, yeah, I'm all for it. We, we talked off air briefly about how Jimmy really didn't have the best luck um, last season coming in with the new car 
Uh, he had the race at Coda where he spent on the first lap and ended up killing it. And then um, he had, you know, some family issues as well, which kept him from doing the other race in Chicago. So for him to be able to get his full air quotes, full schedule of dates, uh, I think that would be great for him. This is exactly what I would want from a guy like Jimmy. Um, you know, this is, you know, to throw it back a little bit, this is the kind of schedule that I would imagine like a Dale senior, if he hadn't passed away early doing like coming in and just running a couple races a year at handpicked tracks that really interest him. Um, and so that's the sort of thing I, I love to see. I think if he's still got the itch, they should let him go out there as long as he wants. You know, he could be, he could be 84 in the 84, give him, give him a fire suit, let him strap in it. I don't care. Um, I think he's earned that right to, to go out as long as he can. And as long as he wants to. So, I'm hoping he has better luck this year. Uh, I I really like uh, some of the moves that he's been doing for Legacy, and I was a I'm a Jimmy fan more now that he's retired than I was when he was active because he's always beaten Jeff Gordon the second half of his career. But uh, I just want I love seeing those guys out there, and I'd love to get out to a race to see him in person because again, that's one of those guys that for me like I didn't appreciate as much when they were here, and then when they're gone, you're like, oh man, all right, that guy's pretty pretty not just impactful with this sport but like a good ambassador for the sport so uh, i hope that he makes a date within reasonable driving distance or flying distance where i can go see him yeah i'm excited to see jimmy back um i believe because i'm not sure did he do did he do the 500 last year i think yeah 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 so it was now you would think I would know because I was at the 500, but I, that was what feels like two years ago now. But <laughs> um, no, just seeing him and seeing how the race at Charlotte went, uh, where everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong for Legacy that day, and you know, just seeing him just kind of existing out there, you know, almost like the person that would say, "I ain't heard no damn bell yet." But, uh, you know, Jimmy has earned that this portion of his career where he can just pick it up whenever he wants to. You know, he went and ran Indy to see if he could do it. You know, that didn't have the most success. But at the same time, you know, it was cool to see him out there. And, you know, I feel like you could tell that that itch was still there for NASCAR. And when he was announced to help with Legacy, I was super excited. You know, um, and like you say, some of the moves that he's made off the track for the team, you know, bringing in people like Matt Kenseth, you know, kind of trying to change the culture. You know, when everything went down in the middle of the season, he was the type of person that jumped right in the forefront and said, you know, zero tolerance you know uh so i'm excited to see what happens for him this season uh like you said art i was not the biggest jimmy johnson fan when i was you know in my teenage years because you know it started turning that tide where the sport went from jeff gordon to jimmy being the guy the top guy and it's almost like uh, I'm tired of seeing him win or uh, Jeff could have had, you know, five, six, seven championships, if not for the chase. But, you know, I, I think it's good for NASCAR as well, because it's still a 
familiar face that people have heard his name uh, that Jimmy can, in a sense, get people to kind of tune back in and maybe have an ear on the race that week uh, to see, you know, to see what he does. But I do hope it does end a lot better than 2023 did for him behind the wheel. I have a conspiracy. Jimmy started winning because Jeff was part owner of the 48 and Jeff wanted to get that money. He did just enough so he could get his money, but he made more with Jimmy winning. I, I, I don't know. Uh, Art will tell I'm, you that w- that was never the case because <laughs> you could tell it was almost like disdain on in Jeff, like he had like some haterade running the system. Remember uh, Texas? He goes, "Oh, oh, oh four, four tires upset." Yeah, no, that yeah. was. It wasn't on site, but it's like, nah, I'm. I want to bust your. Ass. Like it's. Yeah, and actually, no, wasn't that like the whole point of that thing, the meeting between Jeff and Jimmy, the milk and cookies thing? No, milk and cookies was Jimmy and Chad. Oh, was it? Oh. Yeah, that was Jimmy and Chad because, like, they were. I think that was they might have won five or six at that, but it was before they won the seventh. But, like, it might have been after 2013, I want to say. But, like, they apparently, I don't remember this very well, but like, they were just going ad on the radio, and apparently, they were pretty destructive behind the scenes as well. Like, they just were just rams butting heads with each other. And Mr. H was like, Hey, now y'all making me too much money, so y'all gonna get together and figure this out. And, Sure enough, they did. But yeah, no, Jeff was like, I want to beat this guy. Because I I feel like, I don't want to speak for him. I don't know him. But like, I imagine if you're Jeff, you're like, I just won my fourth championship not that long ago. Like 2003, 2004. It's like, I'm still that guy. Like, I'm him. And then like, you can say it's the rules. You can say it's the chase. But I mean, a lot of that is Jimmy's talent. Like, he's an all-time talent. Like, they both are. Like, they're both on my Mount Rushmore drivers. But like, I think the biggest thing that helped Jimmy besides that was that he had Chad and I mean, Chad's a goat tier crew chief. Like he's up there with the very best as well. So like it was a perfect storm for him and he was in one of the best seats because as soon as he started winning, like he wasn't going to get, you know, a back marker chassis. (laughs) Like he's at HMS. So he had all of the tools around him plus his own natural ability and talent. So yeah, I see now I'm going back to old me who hates Jimmy Johnson. Now that I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about 07 and 14 and whatever. All right, Jimmy. Maybe it's good he'll be in a Toyota. I won't have those those memories associated with them. And meanwhile, Mark Martin fans are the uh, skeleton at the bottom <laughs> of the ocean. <laughs> yes, oh, HMS yeah. Mark Martin fans. <laughs> yeah. Man, if only uh, Joe Gibbs could get in between Cole Pern and uh, Martin Truex Jr. and actually do something instead of wasting away a regular season championship. <laughs> um, so we, I got this written down, but you know I don't like hearsay. So allegedly, for those of you who listen to um, Door Bumper Clear, they all but confirmed for him that um, Young Noah has been assigned and signed to uh, replace Eric Almirola in the 10 car for Stuart Haas. Um, again, hearsay, I'm not saying he did nothing. 
But when we see the fine print in the dotted line, Noah's Ark 3 is coming. Um, but while we're here and I brought it up, is this a good move for Tony Stewart? Uh, honestly, I'll say it's the the move that makes, I guess, the most sense for them. You know, in a way, there are, I guess, a few other, you know, unproven cup guys. Could they have, or, well, yeah, I guess you could say unproven cup guys that are down in Xfinity. They could have put Custer back up there, but I don't, you know, I, I guess they don't want to mess with a good thing in this situation. But, uh, I don't honestly know what to make of it. I mean, you know, his time at Legacy ended because of what happened. But I guess his future potential, I guess, is still there. Uh, And that's what Tony and, you know, Gene see, you know, in all of that. And I honestly would like to know who made the call in this situation as far as signing him. Uh, Because, you know... He wasn't having the best time uh, in in the uh, seat when he was, you know, full-time last year. And I think, I don't know if it was some of the hits that were happening or, you know, it just seemed at times where it felt like he was disinterested or he wasn't having fun. And, I mean, I get that because you're driving with a team that is somewhat, you know, they, they showed flashes, but, there were times, you know, the beginning of the season where they were just basically dog water. You know, they, they weren't, uh, you know, they were racing for, you know, the 25th through 30th. Uh, and then, you know, having parts failures or having hard accidents week after week after week, that stuff starts to take a toll on you. And it seemed like well before, you know, the incident happened, it just seemed like he was done, you know, and once they had announced that they were moving to Toyota and, you know, it had already been kind of said that Toyota didn't really have him in the, in the plans for anything. It just almost seemed like he checked out, but you know, what would have happened the rest of the season? We're not sure. Would he have earned that seat? It's a possibility. Would he have turned it around, you know, almost in the same way Eric did, towards the end of the season, you know, who knows, but I think honestly with who's left out there, uh, Noah just made the most sense for the 10. Uh, but I guess time is only going to tell, you know, we really haven't seen him for a full season in the next gen at all, you know, whether through splitting the time that he did the first year at college with everyone, uh, well, I take that back. He got most of that season because he was filling in for Bowman uh, and, you know, other situations where he was called upon because he was a Chevy, I guess, the relief, the reserve driver. Uh, but I don't know. You know, I, I guess ask me after 10 races, and if this is true that he does, he is getting the car, you know, ask me after 10 races what I think. Because at least then you've raced every type of racetrack that we're going to go to at least once. And I don't know. I might be pleasantly surprised with what he's done. But, you know, for right now, it just seems like they did what they had to do just to get a 
a name behind the wheel. Yeah, I don't really know. On the one hand, um, the exodus of drivers and sponsors from the SHR, I can't imagine that that's particularly comfortable at the moment. Um, but on the other, Noah in the seat is kind of like, eh? I don't know. You'll have to pardon the analogy I just wrapped up uh, before we started recording this, uh, the latest episode of Chicanery. So my brain is very much in European racing mode. But in a lot of ways, Noah in the uh, in the 42, it feels in some ways actually like uh, when Nick DeVries was in the Afatari. Just absolutely appalling, uh, frankly. And then, you know, of course, you know, Nick gets, you know, sent to the Red Bull or AlphaTauri, so I guess Italian equivalent of, you know, whatever a gulag is um, much. And, you know, in this case, uh, you know, Noah did too, you know, but, well, because he's an idiot. Um, and uh, then, you know, of course, Carson Hosevar gets in that seat and then suddenly the 42 looks like it actually might be kind of quick after all. But then you wonder how much of that is Carson's natural talent and how much of that was just a bit of development over the course of the season. You know, same thing, you know, Daniel Ricardo and Liam Lawson got into the other seat at Alphatari and it was, you know, looking fairly racy, but that car had also benefited from uh, upgrades throughout the year. And so it was actually genuinely quick by the end of the season. And but it means that when you have this chopping and changing of drivers, it makes it really, really tough to gauge sort of uh, comparatively anybody's level of actual talent and ability. And that's what I'm struggling with a bit here. Because if you just take Noah's season and the 42 at face value, it was absolutely horrendous. But then when, like I said, you know, the, you know, watching Carson in that seat and yeah, Eric in the 43 and it's like, okay well, this car is actually kind of quick. Maybe it wasn't Noah, but then maybe it was. Like, you know, maybe in you know, Alphatari, maybe it was Nick to some extent, um, but maybe it wasn't. You know, who knows? So it just, it makes it so difficult to, to accurately gauge sort of his uh, true skill, and that's what I'm having a hard time with. So, you know, kind of like uh, Phil, you know, yeah, check in, you know, you know, first third of the season coming up when that's wrapped up, you know, if this is indeed the case, um, of course. And, you know, then I think it'll be a good gauge if he's cut material or not, because I couldn't tell you one way or another. Yeah, I agree with both of you. I think it's hard. I, I, I'm going to speak strictly on an on-track perspective with Noah. Uh, and I would love to see a driver get at least two years in the Cup Series before I really want to look at their results. Um, from all the understanding of what people are saying, like that car is just so different now. And we've talked about this before, but it's so different from like the Xfinity cars. Uh, it's It's really hard to compare. And so you're really coming in at a disadvantage versus these cup guys who have already had this car now for two seasons. Uh, I agree. Like the, the performance of that 42, I'll know within it was absolutely dog food. Like there's no way to mince it, but 
looking at it neutrally, I would have wanted to, him to have at least a full season before I would look at his performance, at least a full season, or preferably two. Uh, him at the 10, I mean, that doesn't seem like a match made in heaven. He doesn't really seem, well, I don't know if he really fits the mold that I think of an SHR driver. You know, I, I kind of think of them as like, I don't know, like not buttoned up, but like kind of like good country boys that like don't really start stuff that I feel like he's kind of the opposite where like he just is known for having attention for lots of things, not just his off the track stuff, but like the, the beers afterwards. And I just feel like he's, he can be a bit of a polarizing figure. Whereas a lot of SHR guys outside of Harvick are kind of just there for the most part, like they, in the last couple of years. So maybe this is something that he saw. This might've been maybe the only call that he got. And it was like, Hey, look, I can take this 10 and get in the cup car. Or I might be racing dirt tracks for a year. And he said, I'll take that 10 car. And maybe it leads to something better for him down the road. Um, but I don't know. It's just one of those marriages where it's like, okay, this car hasn't been good historically the last couple of years. How much of that has been the driver of the 10 car versus the 10 car mechanical speed? And then you have a driver who hasn't done well in his short stint at the Cup Series. So it's like, well, I've got two negatives here. And I don't know how, like, you know, what's the math where it's like a negative times a negative can be a positive. Like I don't, someone on Twitter can tell us that, but like maybe it turns into something good for him. But I just, I kind of worry about that pairing. If I'm an SHR fan, uh, I'm guessing he somehow either found some money or they found some money from him. I'm not sure if they've, if they've announced like who the sponsors are going to be on that car, have they? Um, but I, I'm curious to see, who, if any of his previous sponsors follow him, um, I always just think that's very fascinating when you have a little bit of a controversy. Well, who, what decision makers say, oh, that's not that bad. We're going to come with you. Like, <laughs> does is that is a black rifle coffee say like, you know what? I, I can stick with this guy. He, he represents the, the morals and values of my brand. Well, you know, like, is that the case? Like, I just find that very fascinating. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I mean, and all the office st track stuff we'll save for a future episode, but I think it'll be an interesting pairing. I, I hope it goes well, I guess, for them. I, but I, again, going back to what I mentioned earlier with Hemrick, I see this as being another car that just kind of is running in the back half of the field, um, isn't a threat really anywhere. Um, it's kind of just a, a cup driver that races every Sunday, and that's the end of the state sentence on them. Like That's all you can say about them. I mean, the only thing that makes sense, if again, if this is true, we have another episode coming if it is. Um, did you get him because he brings money, knowing that Josh didn't bring any money? Because, you know, because I was of the thought they just sell this charter so they could have money for Josh, because I still haven't seen a damn thing announced for the four car. Um, but maybe they go, well, you know, Noah will help offset some of that while we figure out, you know, what to do. I would hate to see, you know, the four all season run, you know, Haas tooling, Haas automotive, CNC machines, yada, yada, yada. Um, because I do feel like Josh Berry is talented enough to bring some sponsors to the sport. But if he ain't got it, but you said, Tony said, you know, it doesn't matter what you got or what you don't. You drive good and I want you. Maybe he looked at the books and was like, eh, we got to do something. So. 
We'll see. Again, all hearsay, all these opinions that you just heard are all have a big old asterisk beside them because we don't know. We don't we aren't in the end as of yet for industry industry speak, but just wanted to bring it up. Um, and then on the flip side of that, a football game happened. Joe Gibbs brought some people with him. There was a camera around and he said, Oh yeah, this guy's driving for me next year. And I'll be damned if it won't. Eric Almarola driving part time for JGR next season. This man just failed upwards, even though he went in a lower series. And I don't understand why or how he continues to get graced with these opportunities. But uh, you'll see Eric Almarola, I guess, defending his Sonoma win. Maybe that's one of the races he chooses in a JGR Toyota. I vented uh, to this a bit when JT and I were recording uh, this past weekend, and I I did not told her. I said I was so annoyed when I heard that because I'm like, this dude, despite having been utterly unproductive in the ten for the last three years, four years, he has not done anything useful. Bags a ride with JGR. I mean, yes, granted, it is part time, but th- that is still not a bad ride by any stretch of the imagination. Let's be perfectly clear. And then I said, not only that, but I said, because he hasn't buggered off to retirement properly. So then, you know, somebody gets a wild hair and the next thing you know, his ass is back in coverage. And I was beyond annoyed when I heard that. It was like right before we sat down to start recording. And so actually, I think that might have actually snuck into the uh, latest chicanery episode, I think. But I don't remember if it did or not. But... But, um, but yeah, it's just, it's like, oh my God, it's like, go away, (laughs) please just go away. Um, but I mean, now all joking aside, I mean, I clearly coach Gibbs sees something here. I don't know what, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest, but, um, clearly it's enough. Like, yeah, run a part-time schedule, pick a handful of races, um. You know, he seems, you know, and I, you know, I say, you know, a team will get a wild here. To be fair, Eric seems like he's pretty done with Cup. So I don't know that he would come back even if somebody acts. Um, you know, ergo the kind of, you know, I mean, the will he won't. He basically this entire season and, you know, we get two races to the end. And you're like, oh, yes, see you later. Bye. That doesn't sound like a man that necessarily wants to hang around in Cup. But, but yeah, it's just wild to me that he has managed to pull this off. Like, whatever, you know, clearly, you know, I need to meet him and ask if, you know, I can figure out, like, how did you put a few more points onto the, you know, the luck stat? Because I need that, like, desperately. (laughs) It's like, holy crap. Yeah, you know, Eric kind of reminds me of a, a co-worker I used to have, and I will make sure to remain to keep them nameless. But any of my my former co-workers or friends who I talked to when this gentleman worked with me knows who exactly what I'm talking about. And this man was just the biggest piece of trash I ever met. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, he was just a terrible human being. He would gossip. He would try to backdoor his way into getting things that he wanted. And the thing was, everyone in the company knew it. Like they all knew, and it wasn't a big company, but they all knew that he was terrible. 
And he'd go into a meeting with the, the head of our team or like the CEO. And they would know that he did something wrong. Like we had evidence, like literal text evidence. And he'd come out of it with the, the lightest slap on the wrist or he'd somehow come out with more, more internal power than he had going in the meeting. And I could never understand it. And I just chalked it up to, you know, as morally corrupt as this man is, he's a hell of a salesman. Like he just has like a golden tongue and he can just spin a yarn and find a way to make himself seem in the right and just come out ahead. And so I'm not going to sit here and say that Eric Almarola is morally bankrupt like this coworker was, but I'm saying is that I think maybe he has that same skill where he's just able to upsell himself and he somehow got in a room with Joe Gibbs. I don't know how they, they, I mean, I guess NASCAR garage ain't that big, but they somehow got together and he just talked himself up into getting a spot. And he just had, maybe has that gift of gab. And maybe that's why, you know, Smithfield stuck around with him for so long uh, and they were so loyal to him, you know, and so he's just figured out what his strengths are. And I, I need that skill in some interviews because he's clearly nailing it to be able to get that after his performance, to be able to come away with the ride that he did. So I'm just going to chalk it up to that skill. I'm going to try not to think that much about it. I hope that I'm not going to say, I hope he has no success. I'm going to say, I don't care about him. And I hope that uh, he has a healthy season, no injuries, and he gets plenty of time with his kids. I sincerely wish that for him. That's all I got. That's the nice thing I can say. Sometimes when I, when I think of Eric Almarola, I really think of that meme of the guy like standing in front of the server closet where he has no idea like what he's doing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's not to say that Eric doesn't know what he's doing. You know, he's won in the cup series and stuff, but it's almost in a way you could say and it's not harsh to say in some situations that a driver is mid. Like, you know, if you think of it, he's good on super speedways kind of okay on intermediates and you know we rarely heard from him on short tracks but <clears throat> i don't know to me this seems like another situation like jgr had last year if you have sponsorship you know come run come run with us like you know if you think in the grand scheme of things yeah somebody like Myatt snyder who had opportunities last year you know, basically, Myatt was running off of the, you know, still off the strength of his time over at Jordan Anderson, you know, and then having that, you know, sponsor that was like, oh, okay, well, we have enough money where you can go and run these races for a big team like Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, you know, or when Trevor Bain, you know, he came through with his sponsors and ran races, uh I mean, you know, if you think of it too, Joe Graff Jr. is showing up in a JGR car. You know, so I think this is kind of one of those opportunities where Eric has those personal services contracts where he's got that same thing that Dale Jr. has where, oh, we'll give you enough money to run X amount of races if this is what you want to do. You know, you just find a top flight team. And given the history, and I don't know why Eric would want to go back after he was, you know, physically shown up on the track 
uh, you know, what, almost 15 years ago when uh, they pulled him out of a race that he was leading, all because the sponsor wanted Denny in the car. You know, I if a company embarrasses me like that, you know, I, I don't know if it's one of those situations where I can just be like, you know, forgive or forget, because you embarrassed me pretty much on national television. And, you know, I guess in their situation, time heals all wounds. But to me, I like I say, I think it's just more of Eric has the money and the opportunity to do it more than it is. JJ, I was like, yeah, he's going to be a great asset, you know, and, and it's not saying anything bad, but, you know, it's it's just where Eric is at at this point in his career where I guess he can afford to take this and say, oh, I'm not going to run cup full time anymore, but I'm going to do these few races a year, you know, just to see, you know, just to test if I still have it. And I'm one of those people also that will say, I hope that this doesn't lead to something down the road. You know, uh, I, I don't want it to seem like, I, you know, I don't respect him as a race car driver, but it's just like, if you're supposed to be retiring, do the retirement thing. You know, I mean, we can say that about Jimmy too, where it's like, if you're supposed to be retired, you know, enjoy it you you stepped away from this if you want to dabble in it every once in a while it's fine too but anytime if you're running over you know 10 11 12 races a season you just don't want to do it as much but you still have that fire in you and at some point honestly sometimes the fire has the burnout so did you just compare seven time champion Look, I know Jimmy Johnson, Eric Almarola. When the words I just started be, flowing, I knew it. I had, that, I had that moment where it was like, and that's when he knew he effed up, as I was saying. I just so. wanted to make sure I, I clarified that. Not, not for me. I just want NASCAR Twitter to know that you said that. Uncle, huh? Yeah. Yes, uh-huh. I, I come to you as a man with faults, yeah. <laughs> and that'll be a deep drive to leave. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it a stack. I better not see any announcements from Joe Gibbs Racing on any sorts of letterhead that says that he's replacing Martin Truex Jr. for the 2025 season. I bet not see it. I don't want to see it. I'm burning down NASCAR's new building in Charlotte if I do, because the media what? production team doesn't need to put that out there. Eric Almarola, I hope your scheduled races or around your children's planned absences from school, i.e. winter break, spring break, reading days, fall break. I don't want to see you without your kids at the racetrack. You bet not show up without them. You're supposed to be a family plan. I mean, a family man. I'm sorry. You can family plan, family man. You better bring your kids. Not the reading days. I hadn't even considered that as an option. And now I am pissed off because now I, had to think I bet not. I bet not. That's going to be real mad. That building real pretty too. Y'all go, mm, mm. See, I didn't bring that up because uh, actually JT had said that. And uh-huh. I, the one time that I got very annoyed, I'm like, don't you 
dare speak that into existence. God, it's going to happen now. If more than one person is caught on to that idea. Elon Musk, I know you sold out of your flamethrowers. Your boy need another one. (laughs) Holla at me. What happened to the first one? So they like they sold out really, really, really fast because Elon is one of those things he just made. Didn't think anybody would buy it. It sold out in 30 minutes. And it hasn't had another rerun. So I need another run so I can partake. You know. Y'all seen the movie Firestarter with the eyes and the girls starting mm-hmm. to fire us? I don't have that gift. But buildings will be burned if I hear that news. I promise you. I will not stand for it. I will not. Mm-mm. So disrespectful. Don't do we that. We here, Victor Lane vibes do not endorse. <laughs> Nor I came up with a disclaimer. You will right. disclaimer me. That's my disclaimer. Nor I'll say it. The we don't we don't uh condone violence on this show. I'm speaking as a passionate race fan. I will not burn down any buildings. I but I will know, call it duty. I just want to know where does arson fall on the on the the violence as a control. as a former firefighter it's very high on the list it's definitely that's even worse you know the going to jail you going to jail <laughs> you, you know jail. the tricks you jail. know the weak points mm. in the building mm. uh, <laughs> water <laughs> saves all it's water yeah, saves all water mm. saves what everything that's for they said, they said the call's coming from inside the house boys <laughs> we good bro we good <laughs> just we good just i just I would really, especially after all the talent that was in the all-star car for them, Ryan Truex is trying his hardest to get a full-time cup seat. Allegedly, Sheldon Creed's going full-time to JGR. They're going to run out of cars. Unless they have enough money to field four full-time cars in a fifth all-star vehicle. Maybe that's an option. But I, that's, it just makes me wonder, is Eric taking an opportunity from somebody else because he won't stay his ass home to be a family man? That's that's the, the conundrum that I'm in. Don't do it. Reconsider. Don't even be sure, Eric Amarillo. Just reconsider. Don't Make read any literature on the subject. Make smart choices. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's all we got for this uh, spontaneous <laughs> bad choice of words. <laughs> See? That was the most Freudian <laughs> slip we've had on the show. It's the off season. You can't hold me to any of this. This is, this is your conscience speaker. But yeah, this is uh this is cool. Appreciate you, Phil, for dropping by. You should come by more. Oh, um, we have some there's more stuff coming. We're not done yet. I promised you guys off season content. We got some more stuff. We got some more things we want to try. Um, just stay tuned to the the Twitter page, Facebook, Instagram. I need to do better at threads. I'm not that well versed in threads. The bots are starting to happen there too, y'all. Just so you're aware. It's making me even worse on Blue Sky. Mm-hmm. It's making it's making me weary. I made the Blue Sky account for the pod, and I haven't touched it honestly. Blue Sky like is it. the Blue Sky is the social media equivalent of like the deep cuts on an album. Like you got to be a real fan to, to roll through. Blue That's Sky. a deluxe like edition. You, you you listen to that thing back to back, back to back because I 
I got. I, we, we, I'm trying not to drag us forever, but I got all three of them, and I'm like, bro, I can't. I can't. It's too much. It's y'all too much. Like, y'all out there, like Phil, that be posting all three of them. Y'all better men and women than me, because I ain't. Yeah. I ain't got the juice for that. Elon just needs to apologize for his transgressions and just bring everybody back to X because I, I can't do it. It's too bring much. Home. I'm tired. I'm tired. Yeah, I'm tired, boss. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember who I have to be on what platform. That's the problem. I'm tired, boss. Multiple personalities. <laughs> it's hard to keep straight now. <laughs> That's how we really got to end now. We about to get folks in trouble. Man, hey, look, I just appreciate y'all for listening. Shout out to East Side Roasters. There's a surprise coming. The vibes is coming. Cooking. Quite literally cooking. Yes. The beans. Yes, uh, I should have some more information on that uh, here fairly shortly. Maybe not the next time we gather our next time listeners gather we will discuss this amongst ourselves off mic but yep that's coming uh just time it's been well everything is happening all at once and so the uh victory lane vibes blend uh got shuffled back a little bit while we took care of some slightly more pressing uh issues but but no so we should have some uh information out on that into the folks who reached out for uh some tester bags i did see that and I have noted that down accordingly. Um, so I guess in a week's time or so, you will start hearing from me about that. But anyway, close us out, Jarrett. With that, like, comment, subscribe, pay attention to X. We've gotten a lot funnier with engaging with our listeners. Um, if you listen to this show, just be aware of the socials, mainly Twitter. Announcements are coming. Maybe prizes, maybe giveaways, maybe race tickets. Maybe you can wear a Victory Lane Vibes garment of clothing. Um, but we appreciate y'all for listening. Thank you for sticking with us. Um, catch y'all next time. Peace. See y'all. See y'all.